0: Hey, everyone. I'm your host, David McNeil, and you're listening to the Graphics Pro Files, the official podcast of Graphics Pro Magazine, a monthly publication that dives into every aspect of the custom graphics industry. And much like the large swath of mediums covered by Graphics Pro, my guest today is Kenny Walker, owner of Walker Companies. The Oklahoma City-based shop is celebrating its 70th birthday this year, so I sat down with Kenny to learn how they were able to adapt over the years. We'll get into that in a moment, but first, a word from the sponsor of today's episode, Epson America.
1: Epson's SureColor V7000 offers an amazing combination of image quality, productivity, and convenience. The V7000 features vivid 10-color ultra-chrome UV inks, including red, white, and varnish that will literally make your projects shine. Capable of printing on a variety of media types, including rigid substrates, this UV flatbed is a flexible solution for outdoor signage, promotional goods, and more. The V7000 has an automated thickness sensor, allowing for multi-layer printing with almost no print speed loss. Schedule a virtual demo and request a print sample from a certified solution center at www.epson.com/uvflatbed.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. We really were in awe of what you guys have done over seventy years, which is uh,
2: it's quite a big number, right? It is a big number. As we said, not not very many companies get to celebrate those those higher yeah. numbers, but. We've been very fortunate here. That's quite the milestone.
0: And I'm going to throw at you uh, a very big question. And (laughs) we're going to take this episode to go ahead and unpack it. Right. Tell me, what would you say is the core reason Walker Companies has thrived for 70 years?
2: Well, David, I would really believe it's our ability or our willingness to change and adapt to whatever nature and whatever other things throw at you. I mean, we've right. we've certainly changed our product line over the years uh, tremendously, offering things that when we started didn't even exist. So mm. uh, just having that ability and being willing to do something different. When you say like the ability to do
0: something different, uh, kind of evolving with the times, Do you do your research? Do you have people coming in saying, oh, you don't have this? How does that usually work?
2: For the most part, some of the product lines we've gotten into has been direct response to customers or clients asking, well, you have that, do you know where I could get this? And mm-hmm. once they ask that often enough, we just start looking around and saying, well, why can't we do that? I mean, we talk all the time about what is it we can do better or differently to help our customers and solve their problems. We feel like we help people mark on things, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that is. We're always looking for new and different ways to achieve that.
0: That's wonderful. So we'll get into the wide breadth of things that you guys cover. But how big is your shop right now?
2: We occupy two different buildings uh, that are right next door to each other. Our production and shipping and receiving area is in a 7,000 square foot space. Okay. And our (laughs) offices are in approximately five thousand square feet, our office is a showroom. We do have a, a fairly large showroom because we we've, we've been here a long time, and some of the product lines we offer, people do actually come to our place, and it's and it's been very beneficial. So people still do like to see and touch some things.
0: Yeah, that tangible nature of just like okay, I could look at a photo online, but to have a showroom to actually show it off, to see it, how the light hits it, and everything that's that's very different.
2: Well and I think for especially new customers or something like that when they walk in and they they see we're really here <laughs> you know yeah. I mean and they see <laughs> they see people uh, working and they see you know offices and and if they want to we'll take them through the production area and show them what we are going to make or how we're going to make their product I think that's yeah. uh, I think that's a benefit it really is Well you
0: talked about like how many workers you have so well how many employees do you currently have
2: Well counting uh, my wife and myself there's 20 of us here Oh, great. Okay. Um,
0: now that we know how massive you guys are, I want to take everyone back to the early days, like when the business was originally named Walker Stamp and Pencil Company, <laughs> when it started in like 1951. It what did. can you remember about those
2: times? Well, uh, from the actual beginning, you have to keep in mind that I was a month old when the company started. <laughs> so. Well, no, you can but, remember though. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, my mother used to say that I went to work with her every day, uh, being mm-hmm. the youngest of four, I, I did go to the office or the shop a lot. Uh, My earliest recollections are playing in the alley behind the building while my parents (laughs) were working and stuff. But uh, at that time, that was my mother and my father and usually one or two employees. It wasn't nearly that large. And uh, my dad had worked for a rubber stamp company before World War II, Mm. uh, right after he got out of high school and decided that it was a profession that he enjoyed. He had he had done printing uh, in high school as a Votech kind of thing. Mm. So then, after the war, they started out and making some rubber stamps, but they got into imprinted pencils uh, as an advertising specialty kind of thing. But then in 1951, they decided to actually open a facility instead of working out of our house. So they moved into the downtown area, rented a small space and started making rubber stamps and then got into the seal part. Uh, Back in the day, you had to have a metal seal for notary seals and corporate seals and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so uh, early on, they changed the name from Walker Stamp and Pencil to Walker Stamp and Seal Company because the seals became a much bigger part. And eventually, we just they quit doing pencils way back. I mean, it was way before my time that I recall yeah. doing much of anything other than just playing <laughs> in the alley. <laughs>
0: uh, and uh, how is- the business changed over the next like 30 years, starting from like <laughs> 1951. I know, I know the SEALs uh, became a part of it. And uh, did it change so much in between like 1951 and 1980?
2: Well, no, probably not. I mean, the, yeah. uh, the business continued to grow. We we got into offering notary services. Uh, mm-hmm. We're by far the largest company in Oklahoma that does that. We developed a process that helps people become a notary public, and we do all the paperwork and, oh, cool. uh, and all that. So that was a big addition that my parents added. But the technology, and there was very little change probably until the early 80s. Uh, when computerization came out, you know, a little more modernization, right. uh, in the machinery. Um, uh, yeah, eventually we, we went into a phototype setting kind of thing instead of the old Ludlow machines and went from one machine, we bought one machine that it took the place of four others. So oh, okay. uh, the technology changed that dramatically, but that was pretty much in the early to mid eighties. Yeah. 1984,
0: you start to add like computers. Tell me about the decision-making at that time, because at that point,
2: that was like a decision you had made, right? Uh, Yeah. My dad, unfortunately, passed away in 1985. So Mm, mm. uh, early 80s, he was still around and still involved, but he he saw the changes coming. My dad had a great ability to look at machinery and say, yeah, I think we could make some money with that and so on. But we had bought our first manual engraving machines back in the mid 60s, probably making little name Mm -hmm. badges and engraved nameplates. And by the 80s, we had probably four or five of those machines in operation. And a company called Dahlgren came out with a computerized engraving machine run by an old Radio Shack 80 machine that took the big floppy disks and stuff. And uh, (laughs) that just, that increased everything. And when we saw what, that machine could do for our engraving department, finally getting into making the jump to doing accounting software and stuff like that Mm. in computers was uh, was pretty easy because you could see from the engraving department how beneficial it had been. So your workflow starts to improve drastically. You had kind of mentioned
0: to me earlier that, you know, bringing in the computers had also some personal significance for you. What <laughs>
2: happened there? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, in the mid 80s, we bought our first office computer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, back in those days, the printers had to be continuous forms with tractor feeds and so on and so forth. So uh, A young lady came to uh, call on me and uh, sell me the business forms that we needed because we had bought a new computer system, which included our invoices and our letterheads and our statement forms and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, one thing led to another. And now we've been married 28 years. So, (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. That's awesome. (laughs) That's how I met my wife. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll be right back with Kenny Walker after a quick word from Epson America.
1: Epson's SureColor UV flatbed printer was designed to smash industry standards, delivering high print quality results at continuous production speeds, even while printing white and varnish ink. The SureColor V7000 automatically detects and adjusts to accommodate media up to three inches thick, and the four print zones easily hold media in place. The V7000 prints directly onto foam board, poster board, and a variety of materials, including wood, metal, and acrylic. Schedule a virtual demo and request a print sample from one of Epson's certified solution centers at wwwepsoncom slash UV flatbed.
0: Now, I want to go move into the 90s a little bit here. Now, you know, I and... You know many others. Uh, of course, remember the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. How close were you guys uh, to the explosion?
2: Uh, our building is about a block and a half uh, wow. from where the Murrah building was. Yeah. That day, that morning, Kathy and I were uh, not in the office. We'd gone to a Chamber of Commerce breakfast, but uh, mm. when by the time we got to the office, we we would only we only lived about a mile away. At that time, we felt the explosion there, but. Oh. Uh, by the time we got there all the doors and windows were blown out the interior ceilings had mostly fallen down uh right the building sustained some damage we had a couple of people including my mother who was still working at the time uh minor injuries not hospitalized by any stretch wow. but uh, uh some minor injuries with flying glass and so on and so forth so it, it was uh it was a mess for a while
0: yeah uh but you guys persevered and Tell me, like, how did you guys react um, as a business, as a team?
2: Well, our, our attitude was always that, you know, we, we were coming back and, you know, we had had storms that had blown out windows before. And we'd had some other uh, – in the 50s, our business caught fire and burned almost to the ground. So my parents oh, had wow. to deal with that. So, so we had had some trials and tribulations. The, the bombing um, – Thankfully, we were adequately insured. Our insurance company was a great help. We were we were able to get back in our building within a week or so. Unlike a lot of people, and mm-hmm. we're actually inside the building. Uh, the economy in Oklahoma completely shut down for quite a while, so mm-hmm. there was not a whole lot of work for us to do. But we kept our employees busy cleaning up the place, moving stuff around, so the contractors could replace the ceilings and you know do some work on the walls. We had an interior wall that had collapsed and stuff, so. So we you know we kept them busy doing other things and uh, my wife is is a great person as far as marketing and so on so we came up with different things that we would mail out to people let them know we were still here uh yeah uh, one of the things some people may have heard of is early on the the front of our building was boarded up and right. uh, one of our employees uh took an American flag and uh put it on the building and scrawled in uh Spray paint we will be back and uh, yeah that the that, that, uh, pictures of that uh, appeared in, uh, in papers and in newspapers all over the world. It was uh, yeah a testament to
0: just how how important it is that you guys function not only as a business but as a family.:
2: I agree and, uh, and I think you know a lot of it was communication. We, we stayed in contact with our customers yeah all the time. I mean you know and, and let them know that we were still here. We were making some products. We our street was closed uh, in front of our business uh, for six weeks. right. So to ship our products out, we would have to go down to the end of the block and meet the EPS man at the end of the day and and drop stuff off that way. But yeah, but like I said, we we persevered. We stayed in contact with people. We had a lot of help from our vendors, right? We had mm-hmm. several vendors that would send messages saying, you know did some of your products get destroyed? We'll replace them for you?
0: right. We had a,
2: we had a lot of help from a lot of people.
0: That's great. And I think there's like a a nice little sentiment there, connections I could draw to, obviously, what's happened in the past year, being able to shift and like serve the community with, I mean, you guys did a lot of PPE, masks, uh, all sorts of things to help America. It helps Oklahoma, certainly. I mean, right? We did.
2: We did. We uh, Because we have a a CNC machine, uh, we were able to shift a lot of our work into making the sneeze guards or acrylic dividers uh, mm-hmm. we did those for the school, for the arena here in town where the professional basketball team plays and some other things and through our ed specialties uh, we have sold a lot of imprinted face masks and, mm. uh, and we gave a bunch of stuff away, we, we came up with a little product for people that wear masks all the time, a little plastic piece that so the straps don't pull on your ears quite so much and uh, mm. we both sold a bunch of those and gave a bunch of them away to, to hospitals and different things That's
0: wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, going back now, now we're entering the new millennia. In 2001, you guys changed the business's uh, name to Walker Companies for good reason, too. And I'll probably have to take a breath after this, but (laughs) (laughs) you guys do stamps and seals, full service notary public application, interior and exterior signage, promotional items, awards, apparel, trade show displays. I know that's a big one. Wide format printing, name badges, and ADA signage.
2: That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we can just a little bit, uh, as briefly as we could, I want to unpack when and why the company explored you know, those different avenues of income. Was it all kind of gradual? Was it all a big shift? And do you guys... Still operate on a normal work day of eight to five or whatever, or is it like twenty four hours now? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, it was. It was pretty gradual, like I said, and uh, a lot of it was people asking for things, or there again, I mean, we've been in the stamp and seal business for 70 years. Uh, stamps, mm-hmm. we don't make nearly as many rubber stamps. They're, they're going away. There's no doubt about sure. that. Uh, so always over the course of time, we were looking for things. We bought an engraving machine, which led to other engraving machines and then different ways of, of making signs. And uh, in 92, my wife came here and, and uh, started the advertising specialty. She was looking for some way to start her own business and we started talking, and I said, "Well, you know, maybe we could do something here because we have a ton of customers. We've been in business by that time more than forty years. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be an easy contact to shift and start selling those kind of products." and And it worked out, and she did a great job uh, of starting that. And then, in uh, around ninety eight or so. Uh, We had a ton of customers that we were selling promotional products to that were going to trade shows, and they kept asking about trade show booths and, and displays. And so one thing kind of led to another, and we started offering those products. And then, as I said, we occupy two buildings here now. The oldest building we've been in since 1974, and then we purchased the other building next door in 98, and that's when we started the trade show line because we moved and had more space to exhibit and show trade shows equipment, stuff like that. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. somewhere in the, oh, around 2009 or 10, we were buying so much printing, uh, large format printing for our trade show and so on and so forth from one of our suppliers here in town. He ran a small place. He had a couple of wide format uh, roll printers that we worked out a deal and and bought him out. And so it just happened to work out. He was tired of running his own business and we needed his product, and so he came along with it. and He worked here another 10 years before he finally retired. And that got us into wide format printing, which today we have a um, flatbed printer that's four by eight and two large 60 inch row printers. Wow. So you take the steady eddy approach, right? Oh, absolutely. But you're- yeah. We've, we've grown and sometimes even in spite of ourselves. And believe me, we mm-hmm. tried a, a lot of other things that did not work. <laughs> but, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> I was wondering. Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there again, if I had some of the money that I'd wasted on some of these other things, we decided to do. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're still a very small business, very family oriented. My wife and I are both uh, here again. And uh, uh, our daughter works here now. So, yeah. uh, you know, so it's, it's a family operation and uh, probably will continue to be. Uh, our daughter, Natalie, seems to have a real interest in uh, keeping the company going. So we're excited about that and trying to do everything we can to get her trained and, and ready to do that so that uh, we can step away here in a few years.
0: I love it. You know, you mentioned some of those trials and tribulations. Would you mind sharing like an example or two? Because I think it'll help other shops out there. What did you guys try out that you find didn't work so much?
2: Well, we tried manufacturing exterior electric signs one time because uh, mm-hmm. part of our building is a garage that was being unused, and so we went into that, and that was a a huge failure. We didn't know enough about Mm. it. And finding good people to do that was very, very difficult. We just, it just didn't work out. We ended up selling that business to one of the the salespeople that worked here. He decided Mm. he wanted to go into business for himself. So that, that kind of worked out. Uh, We tried doing the uh, mailboxes and shipping thing for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was moderate because we had considerable walk-in business, but uh, we finally determined that the amount of space that it took and we could, do other things. And so it just, it just didn't work out that way. So like I said, we, we've always been looking for a lot of things. Fortunately, two or three of them have worked out and two or three of them have not, but but that's kind of life. You're going to fail, but you know, what do you learn over that failure? And, and you just try something different and that's what we've been doing. Exactly. If you learn from it,
0: that's a useful tool. That's a useful thing that you can apply later.
2: Yeah. I agree. You know, the old saying, "What doesn't kill you makes you better." So, you yeah, know, we've learned a lot of things from some of the things we tried, and uh, you know, learned that we definitely don't want to be in some of those other businesses. <laughs> but,
0: oh, sure, yeah. Daughter's part of the business now; big part of the business. As we head into the 2020s, uh, further along into it, what future products and services are you interested in taking on in the next, I don't know, few years?
2: You know I don't really know. I don't uh, I don't have anything specifically in mind at this point in time. Like I said, we tend to react to what customers are looking for. Mm -hmm. you know and right now customers seem to be uh, looking for the products that we're doing even though it is a wide variety but again we we view that we we help people mark on things so uh, uh, some of the product lines we offer seem a little convoluted but it it made sense at the time and and still seems to work out fairly well for uh, trade show uh, displays have certainly fallen off Uh, we don't sell them this year or this last year at all because nobody's going to trade shows Mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that that will pick back up i mean it was a it was a is a good business for us right now we're still doing well with the promotional products even though people aren't doing trade shows they're they're still wanting to give things away and do other things you know but uh, there are a lot of things the promotional products we don't actually make here we're a distributor for those the stamp seals signs and the printing we do produce here so some things we do some things we don't yeah uh, again i think going back to you know where we started
0: at the beginning of this episode adaptability I, agree. So, I mean
2: you have to, you have to yeah. be willing to change if one door closes that means another door is going to open and uh, you have to you have to be able to change and, and change with the times a little bit and with what customers are seeking what you know what what are they after nowadays? Absolutely. Well Kenny, thank you so
0: much for being on the show. We really appreciate you having here and can, again congrats on 70 years. that's fantastic and look forward to the next 70. Thank you David. I've enjoyed talking to you we appreciate it. We really appreciate Kenny for coming on the show and sharing his story. And if you want to hear more stories, visit the Graphics Profiles page at, you guess it, graphics-pro.com. You can also stay up to date on new episodes by subscribing to the Graphics Profiles on whatever platform you prefer, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course, Apple Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with Howard Potter of the New York Manufacturer a and Master Images. Until then, stay safe and keep customizing.